0: I V M Hi, I'm Zarina Punawala, a life coach, a business mentor, and a motivational speaker. I tackle the challenges that come with varied work cultures, and I try to give out some cheat codes for loving your job in the second season of the empowering series with me, Zarina. This show will feature live sessions with me and a participant, most likely to be an entrepreneur, a startup founder, an employee, a recruiter, or just about anyone who strives to love their job and looks forward to bringing in a positive shift at their workplace. On today's episode of the Empowering series, I'm in conversation with a dynamic content and influencer marketing lead of Diageo India. So, please welcome Kushbu Benani. Hey everyone, <laughs> hi Zarina. Hi Kushbu. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, let's quickly deep dive into how this journey actually began for you, Kushbu, and what is it that got you into
1: uh, the branding space. I think it's been an interesting journey. I've been working for 15 years. Mm-hmm. So if I were to go back like in time okay. and say 15 years, what inspired me to do what I do mm-hmm. is I think as a kid, I used to love reading stories. Okay, I mean, like literally, I had my 10th board exams, and I would still have like a couple of books hiding, you know, under the bed, and then my mom will come looking for them. Okay. <laughs> so it was as bad as that when it came to like, you know, stories. And I think I loved reading so much that I always believed in some form or other, mm-hmm. I want to tell stories. Um, you know, when I was younger and didn't know better, mm-hmm. I thought I'll write books. Oh, Then I gave it a shot. I never got beyond two pages. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that was, so that's still a, an untapped talent. It's something I, at some point, I now see myself like, you know, retired, 60 year old, living on a farm, trying to write a book. But yeah, it's like parked for the future. But I think the desire to tell stories came from there. Mm -hmm. And I think um, some of the choices I've made through my careers um, have been reflective of that. Like, for example, I spent, you know, a few years working for big cinemas. And it was beautiful sitting, you know, in the middle of, you know, um, Film City in uh, Goregaon. And actually seeing stories come to life all around you. Um, I spent a significant amount of my career doing PR, mm-hmm. where it is about telling stories through media. Right. And now I do content, which is, you know, much more interesting way of telling stories in, you know, new media. Right. So you've always been a storyteller, basically. I've always wanted to be a storyteller. Yeah. I don't know whether still I have made it as a storyteller no, I or think, not.
0: Uh, maybe a uh... An unconscious or rather subconscious part of you has always been a storyteller. Absolutely. Maybe the channel of your profession has only helped you to grow in storytelling in a way. Yeah. You could say that? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. But uh, tell me this, you know, there has been a change in the end. There's been a transition from a lot of uh, traditional marketing into digital marketing. The whole space is changing and there's a constant evolution taking place on the
1: work front first. So what's your take on that? So I think um, it's a time when, I mean, every three years, I feel Mm -hmm. things are changing. So if you think like a decade back when Facebook had just launched and we were just getting over awkward, which I'm sure like Zenzi doesn't even know what it is about. (laughs) Uh, At that point, you know, people said, oh, we need to figure out how to work with Facebook. Right. And I think it took people like good five years before they figured out and then suddenly you had like instagram and whatsapp mm-hmm. and now like then there came snapchat then came tiktok and it's not just that these platforms are creating new ways to advertise okay but every platform is today creating a new way that you know people are engaging with it tiktok's mm-hmm. all about ugc Right. So right. and that means that as marketeers, you have to keep adapting learning. In fact, podcast is something new. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting space to watch out. Like I don't think people were talking about podcast like two years back. You know, that's the and... funny part, because uh, I started podcasting in
0: 2017. Wow. Okay, I mean, with IBM, our first season happened in 2017. And after that, when I used to tell people, you know what, I podcast or I have, you know, you should go and check this out and listen to this. And then we know like, what is podcast? And then you're you're like, oh, there's no video. I'm like, no, no, no. This, this is to listen. Okay. People have actually podcast is helping people again to get into the space where your filtered content is being listened to. And there's patience. Because otherwise it's not there. Otherwise, you're like, you know, all over the place. And podcasting is really something that has started interesting people.
1: And it's almost like, you know, instead of listening when you're doing that long commute of Uh yours and and stuck in traffic, instead of listening to radio, which has like thousands of ads playing on it. Right. You might as well like just pick a podcast you want to, you know, you're curious enough about and spend time listening to. Hmm. And learn something out of it. So I think all these things are changing how marketeers... You know, want to talk to consumers. True, and it's about getting, being, keeping yourself up to speed, and being able to actually experiment, learn. Mm-hmm. You know, grow with these platforms.
0: Right. So, yeah, that's that's on the work front. Hmm. Um, let's get into a little understanding of who Khushbu is, because I'm pretty sure you know you have made your own stature. You have made your own space in your professional um, areas, in your industry, people know you in your field. And I I believe that, you know, having your own credibility is something that one can only and only rely on themselves for. So how have you been building that? And I am just I'm pretty sure my listeners would be interested in knowing who Khushbu is as a person. You know, so let's break it down for you, if that makes it easy. Otherwise, it will become an interview question, like, who are you? Yeah. Something about you. Describe yourself. Describe yourself. Sell and where me. do you see yourself five years from now? Yeah. Yeah, sell me that pen. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All right. No, just basically, as a
1: person, you know, um, what are the things that make you happy? I think good conversations. Oh, beautiful. Um. And that's why I like doing podcasts. Great. (laughs) I hope this is making us happy. (laughs) So absolutely. Like I think good conversation, meeting interesting people, you know, um, along the way. Mm -hmm. And generally, I think having, you know, people be good to you and you be good to others. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what keeps me going. So you're um, a very people's person in a way? Yes. Except yes. there are a few days when I hate human beings. <laughs> That's the day I like Netflix. Okay. <laughs> and what is it that interests you on Netflix then? I think I see everything on Netflix. Really? I have absolutely no filters on what I like to watch and what I don't like to watch. So I will watch A Game Changer, but I will also watch Expanding World of Ashley Garcia mm-hmm. with equal amount of interest.
0: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Because I think my genre over a period of time has kind of uh, filtered down. So I don't end up watching everything and people tell me, you know, you should watch this, you should watch that and it goes on and on. But uh, Netflix is a good way to chill when you don't want to interact with people and on the days that you don't like people so much. Yeah. Apart from that, on certain days, what is it that you don't like?
1: Don't like at work or don't like in personal life? Whichever one you're comfortable talking about or even both. <laughs> I think at work, it's like on a day when you've, you know, walked into an office thinking, oh, there are like these five cup things that I need to do. Right. And by evening, you are like, oh, there are these six things I need to do. And the five I thought in the morning have not been closed. I think that's not a good day. Right, right. I think it's about saying that how do you keep moving, keep, you know, as like one of my brand Johnny Walker says, like, you know, how do you keep walking? Yeah. Every yeah. day. So... I think that is not a good day. Personally, I think if I walk into a house and my maid's not done, not cooked, I think that's not a good day. <laughs> I am no—it's like absolutely irrational response, not intellectual, not smart. But it doesn't yeah. have to be. <laughs> yeah, like you know, going home and having to cook is like my bane. Really? Yeah, I can't do it.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty okay with that. I think I go with the mindset that I have to go home and cook so I don't bother so much. But I guess yeah. I know where you're coming from. Especially when you're having maybe that day when you're not completing your six tasks and then having to go and see the maids not there. Yeah. How does one of those days work? I'm pretty sure that's not a very pleasant one for you. That's the day
1: we will do a swiggy plug-in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the day you do a swiggy plug-in. Well... Um, Having said that, you know, things that to make you happy, things that probably uh, don't make you so happy or you dislike, um, you know, on a on a daily basis, what is it that you keep doing or how do you kind of drive yourself? Because I, I believe you are in a space which you wanted to be Yeah, like
1: absolutely. we talked about
0: storytelling and um, you moving from big cinemas, watching these stories come alive and then going into what you're doing now. Uh, so the whole concept of you doing what you love doing right? It comes with its own set of challenges.
1: It does. I think um, the problem is when you really love what you're doing, right, is that then you want to keep doing more and more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I'm slightly OCD. If I'm doing more, then I want to also do better and better and better. Uh And I think that creates a kind of a self pressure. Nobody else is pressurizing me. In my head, I'm only pressurizing me. Oh, I've done this. Now, how do I get better next time around? Hmm. And I think that kind of puts you in a bit of a self-created challenge. Right, right. But uh, does it also
0: put you in a space of probably becoming a workaholic to an extent where sometimes people have to ask you to slow down?
1: See, for me, I think work is something where if I'm enjoying it, I don't really need balance because me enjoying my work gives me my work-life balance. Right. So I don't consider myself a workaholic Mm -hmm. because um, usually I'm never in office after like 6.30. Okay. (laughs) I'm super efficient about my day and time. (laughs) Um, So I'm usually not a workaholic. But if I'm enjoying something and if I have to spend a weekend doing it, I absolutely don't mind it. Mm, That makes sense. Also, you're in a space where
0: initially there may have not been too many women right? And there would be stereotypes and stigmas surrounding things that you do and how you work in a culture full of probably uh, maybe the other gender
1: in general. So have you ever faced any of those challenges? So I mean, alcohol as an industry historically mm-hmm. was a significantly male dominated industry. Right. But in I think last, uh, say, decade, mm-hmm. there has really been a big change. The companies have worked very hard to create policies, which help women in workplace. I think the culture of the organization is also transitioning where it's becoming more and more gender blind. Right. So I think people are chosen based on merit and not on, you know, hey, that's gender. a guy. And he would be comfortable going to a trade partner Mm -hmm. in an alcohol um, industry. Mm -hmm. So I think it's about more about, you know, what's your skill set? What would you be good? So I think as companies in this industry, Mm -hmm. there has been a lot of progress. Um, If so, personally, I honestly love working with Diageo. I think it's a great company in terms of culture. The company really works very hard to, you know, create an environment for employees, and especially women, where women start feeling much more empowered and comfortable. Mm -hmm.
0: So you have, uh, I mean, it's nice to hear about a beautiful workspace and a good work culture. Because I guess, you know, in, in our capacities, we're always constantly trying to make a certain point, make a certain change and evolve. So has work helped you to evolve as a person? I mean, when you've been transitioning from job to
1: job or doing work with different people? So I think every line manager I've worked with, Mm -hmm. every colleague I have worked with closely has helped me grow and become a better or a worse version of myself. Depends on case to case basis. (laughs) But I think, you know, when you work with somebody on a day to day basis, and you do it for a certain amount of time, there are some aspects of their personality that you pick up, there are some things that teach you. Hmm. And there are some things you teach them. And I think um, if you have been lucky enough to work with some really good people, I think it brings a big positive, you know, change in you as an individual. True. I mean, if I see myself 15 years back when I started my career, and I used to live in Ahmedabad, okay, and I was the small town, middle class upbringing girl, Mm -hmm. which had, you know, had a very protected upbringing to where I am today. I think I don't recognize myself 15 years back. (laughs) And I think it has been because of the people I have worked with. Okay. So,
0: so you when you can't recognize yourself, I mean, let me just ask you this a little off the block hmm. question. What is the advice you would give your 15 year old back self? You know, the person that you were 15 years ago, the one that you can't recognize anymore, what kind of advice would you give that person? I mean,
1: were there parts of you that you felt? Continue to be bold, take risks. Yeah. Don't hesitate, you know, and overthink in some, you know, difficult decisions. Go mm-hmm. with your gut. So important. Yeah. The overthinking part. Overthinking. And women overthink a lot. They do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do You don't do that. I have over the years learned not to overthink much. Right.
0: You know, I kind of have a theory about this whole overthinking bit because I realize a lot of people when they meet you, they say I'm having troubles and I'm overthinking. Mm -hmm. But the whole overthinking aspect is a person going into a negative spiral. You know, you're thinking and you're overthinking, but there is absolutely nothing you are trying to solve here. So instead of calling yourself an overthinker, sometimes you should call yourself a critical analyzer. When you do that, you I will of, use that. <laughs> yeah, you know, because then you start thinking of the solution. Uh, when you're overthinking, you're only problem thinking you're not problem you're solving. just stressing
1: yourself out for totally. no dime or reason
0: and you know like there's this saying i mean if if you are working you don't need to worry and if you're worrying there's no time to work True. so there's no point about this whole overthinking so that's my thing you know you just either call yourself a critical analyzer once in a while so that you are more of a problem solver than a problem thinker or uh, Simply stop thinking. Now, obviously, that doesn't happen.
1: And problem solving, the minute you go from a problem thinking to a problem solving mindset, Mm -hmm. I think both personally and professionally, I think you start becoming happier. So true. That is so true. And And life is if not anything else, pursuit of happiness. So totally true. <laughs>
0: I like this conversation. It's
1: it's just perfect for the empowering series.
0: Huh? <laughs> happiness. So how do you make sure that you make your day happy or people around you happy? And um, sometimes I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of work pressures. So all, as much as you love your work, maybe people around you don't want to love it as much sometimes. So how do you make sure that they're empowered and happy?
1: I think it's something that I have learned over the years. Mm. It's a very difficult skill set to actually, you know, deploy. Mm -hmm. But it's as simple as telling the person who's not making you happy, saying that, dude, you're not making me happy. (laughs) Just getting straight. Yeah, just having that that honest conversation, Mm. I think makes people respect each other more. I think there is a transparency in relationship that comes in both personally and professionally. And, um, honestly, you get happier if you are not, you know, sitting with like 10 things on your heart saying that, oh, this is making me sad. This is making me sad. At least you told the person that, you know, dude, you're making me sad. Yes. Can you please not do this? And at least the other person would be conscious enough next time to not repeat a behavior that's not making you happy. Right, right. So it's easier said than done. People find it really difficult hmm. to call out things. Yes. But I think to me, that's the simplest way to keep yourself happy. Yeah,
0: I guess what you're trying to say is making sure that you're communicating the problem and being completely and utterly transparent about it, I guess. Because, yeah, yeah, you don't find people being very transparent these days. And and, um, in professional spaces also, you do see this trend. Because, you know, when I'm going to these uh, MBA colleges and things, everybody wants wants to either tell you how to go the three idiot way, Okay, and I want to call it that because, you know, the last part where uh, Sharman Joshi is going for the job and he's being blatantly honest. Hmm. So a lot of kids want to try something like that. And I'm like, you're not going to get that job. Because I was Sharman Joshi and that was three idiots. Okay, you've got to know how to put your message across. But then there is this other extreme end where everybody wants to sugarcoat everything like I can do this, I can do that. So is it important when you're kind of employing somebody, getting someone on board? Um, Or let me just rephrase this, what kind of advice would you give to people who are actually trying to take up a job? You know, how transparent should one be? How should they actually um, approach a company or people when they're working with seniors?
1: So honestly, I think you should be as transparent as you can be, right? I honestly believe that if you are transparent, hmm. the other person will see a certain amount of authenticity in who you are. And authenticity is something that pe- as a line manager, you always, you know, respect in people you want to work with. Sure. Um, also, you know, if the person doesn't like you, hmm. I think they're not liking you for a certain set of reasons. And maybe that's not a good fit for you in the most honest way. Possible way, hmm. and that means that if you move on and look for another job, but don't try and sugarcoat too much. Obviously, you will have to show up with like a certain yeah. amount of finesse, you cannot be like absurdly honest, yes. But try and be as transparent as you can be, would be my advice. Yeah, I mean, be honest, but be tactful. It's like you know,
0: get the person to. Do what you want them to do, but to make them think that they want to
1: do this. I <laughs> you think know, I personally give you this job. <laughs> really respect people who tell me that, hey, I don't know the answer to this question. Yeah. If you want, I will check, think it over and come back to you and drop a mail to you about True. it. True, Instead of like trying to fab their way around Exactly, here. exactly. I think that just does not go down there. Well. that's what
0: I'm talking about. The other extreme set of people who sometimes, you know, are so hell bent on pleasing you. And then they land up goofing up then. So yeah. maybe that's the kind of advice you should give them that, you know, be honest, be transparent. And say if you don't know bit. something, you're
1: not, as a human being, you will never know everything. Hmm. So it's okay to sometimes say that, yeah, I don't know the answer to this question. Of course. And not be apologetic about it. That's important.
0: I think everybody apologizes too much sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please. I mean, we all have one life. It's not like we're getting a duo. Verb. We should not spend our life, that one life apologizing. I agree. Uh, No regrets and um, least apologies if possible, right?
0: Uh, How about the fact that when you're working, I want to go back to this one question that I asked you earlier about, you know, being in a male centric environment and things like that. If I may ask you a slightly personal question, does it sometimes, you know, become a problem when you're growing up the ladder? And getting to a space where you know yourself so well, you know, you're ferocious, you're independent, you're feisty. Does it really become hard sometimes to find yourself a good match, somebody to match your wavelength,
1: to partner with you in maybe a personal space? It does. I think if you are, I'm single. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, so if, this question is apt. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, the more senior you get, mm-hmm. I think your willingness to adjust And compromise keeps going down and down. Hmm. Like, you know, I tell my friends, (laughs) I'm favorite too. I mean, I really find it difficult to, at this point, you know, change beyond what I want to do. I love my space. I enjoy being by myself. I love traveling by myself. So I think I have become like, you know, a certain way. Hmm. And I I don't think it's really only about corporate. I think it's also about age. Okay. (laughs) So, um... I think at a certain point in your life, you're just very comfortable with yourself. So are you saying as you grow older,
0: I mean, we have heard the word wiser as you grow older, but do you become also more uh,
1: picky or choosy with the person that you want to spend your time with or your life with if you have to? Of course. I mean, um, I think what ends up happening is that the older you get, Mm -hmm. the better you get to know yourself. True. Okay. You have gone through a certain set of life experiences from which you have gradually started to understand yourself better and better and better yeah and then at you know a certain point in your life if you're looking for a partner you want somebody who is a fit for the version of you that you know very well versus a romantic notion of you you had in your head when you were 20
0: right right so true
1: yeah and that really changes over a period it of changes. time it? <laughs> it becomes very practical
0: yeah it does. So, if I have to ask you this regarding uh, what you've just told me, uh, you know, in case if there are people and listeners out there who might, if you're interested in a relationship, what well, then? What is what is your criteria? What is the eligibility that the guy has to have? So, all the listeners can listen more carefully. Because is single.
1: I think mm-hmm. they should be able to have a really interesting conversation with me. I think it's that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's all you require. Yeah. Something. Somebody who keeps me interested enough. In him, mm-hmm. you know, on an ongoing basis. That's it. That's pretty nice, actually. Yeah, I mean, it sounds simple, but it's not simple. Yeah,
0: it's, it's leaving somebody on um, eggshells. You know, they like how am I supposed to keep her entertained all the time in conversation? So the people start thinking like that. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about you having to deal with people on a regular basis. Um, the branding and marketing and of course you know your designation your profile how glamorous is the job actually or does this you know sometimes people are really interested in this whole area of work that you are you know visibly doing and they feel that it's a very glamorous area to be it in. is
1: i'm not going to yeah. apologize for it you shouldn't yeah and uh, I'm, I'm not being I'm, going to be modest about it i think it's a very glamorous yeah. role Uh, But I don't think people should get into it for the glamour of it. Exactly, yeah. Because it's also a very, very new industry. Hmm. It's a new career. It's a place where you can make a lot of mistakes if you don't understand. You know, you don't get your hands dirty and understand, you know, what outcomes you are seeking out of it at the beginning of it. Right. So all the glamour apart, I think it's an area where people who are really interested in constantly learning... Mm It's a space that they would enjoy more than the people who enjoy the high life. Right. Because that's temporary yeah. or rather fleeting. And at some point, you'll just get bored of it. It, it. it becomes like, oh my God, I have to go for one more party. I can't do this. Yeah. Honestly, I go through that like every week. <laughs> I can't do this. I mean, like so game yeah, face on. party
0: culture and all for you, eh? it must be like... Uh, like- we're talking about glamour. So does it get a bit exhausting to be able to, you know, to have to be put that game face on, like you mentioned?
1: I think now it's um, also at a certain point. I'm at a point in my career where I think um, if I don't want to go somewhere, I think people are okay. They'll just say she's not in the mood to come. Oh, <laughs> and I think it's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. You know, not going somewhere where you don't feel like you are going to have a good time. Right. Um, sometimes when you have to do it, I think I have to give myself a bit of a pep talk saying that Khushboo for the next 3 hours you're going to have a lot of random conversations with a lot of random people mm-hmm. so please keep your game face on mm-hmm. so it's like self motivating that way
0: Um what's the one tip of networking advice you would give to people out there or maybe more than one if you'd like since we're talking about you having to meet people
1: and I honestly think a lot of times people go to networking events mm-hmm. And they stick to these couple of people that they know. They don't, you know, spread out. They don't, you know, reach out to a lot of different people who are out there. Mm -hmm. See, if you're going for networking, do a good bloody job of networking. Um, And don't feel uncomfortable walking up to somebody and saying that, Hey, this is what I do. I saw your tag. I think you work here. Mm -hmm. You know, interesting stuff you are doing. I mean, if you can manage to have a good conversation with a person, a random conversation also can become very interesting.
0: Yeah, it can, right? Yeah. Uh, we do generally land up giving people piece of... I mean, I land up giving a, a piece of advice on how people should network. And small talk really
1: helps. Small talk. It? Um, And specifically, if you're going to an event where you know a certain kind of crowd is going to be there. Sure. Uh, read up a little. So mm. that you have something interesting to contribute to a conversation and that the minute you start contributing to a conversation, it's more acceptable for people to bring you into you know in a better way in a conversation that's true
0: that's true and I I think part of networking is about making sure that the other person is comfortable and you're not getting into a debatable or sensitive space in conversation when you're getting to know somebody and the problem is I agree completely with you people go and they get stuck to those few initial people they talk to in the
1: beginning and then they they say they'll just get lazy and they don't want to do it more. If you've gone to an event, you've gone to meet new people, you might as well meet as many new people hmm. as you can.
0: That's true. I agree. Um,
1: on that note, let's take a
0: short break and we'll see you after the break. Bye. Right. Welcome back to the Empowering Series with me, Zarina. And I'm still in conversation with Kushbu. Hi, Kushbu. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> so It's been a good push. conversation so far. I know it's been great. It's uh, We were talking about small talk a little before yeah. we took the break. And we have gone way beyond small talk. And considering you like good conversations and they make you happy, I'm pretty sure this is going to end on a happy note for you.
1: Yes, I think Fingers it's been crossed. a good
0: conversation so far. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> all right, um, we were talking about brands. Also, we're talking of you know we're mixing it all up, mm-hmm. having a conversation about your work, your life, your professional and personal space. When we talk brands, uh, we talk storytelling, and I'd love to know what are the campaigns closest to your
1: heart, um, your favorite ones, probably. So actually, I would like to share like the one which we just got done with. Mm-hmm. It's for Johnny Walker. Oh. So it's a campaign called the Traveling Billboard. Where we were trying to, so Johnny Walker at Culturally wants to play in the space of um, travel and exploration. Right. Because it connects with the brand's idea of pushing boundaries and keep walking. So we were trying to find this really interesting, you know, travel Hmm. uh, linked campaign. And uh, we got this beautiful idea saying that, you know, what if a billboard, Instead of a person, a billboard travels uh, to some of the most exotic locations in the country. Um, And we built on it. And then we actually had a big Hmm. 200 kg life-size billboard, which traveled to Sangam Valley in Ladakh, went all the way underwater in Andamans. Oh, my God. Went on a six-hour trek to Zoko Valley. And uh, went to the deserts and dunes of Rajasthan. Oh my God, that is no way. I mean, literally the whole billboard traveling all these places. Yeah, it's called the traveling billboard. Look it up on Instagram. And uh, what we did was that, you know, we wanted it to be a very authentic people's campaign. Uh So instead of having professional photographers just going and shooting it as a campaign, uh, we brought in a lot of people who have a passion for travel and photography. Okay. And are influencers in that space on digital. And they were traveling with the billboards. Mm-hmm. And um, every location had a couple of people traveling. And we actually then picked their pictures as our campaign images. Okay. So, so real candid. Captures in a way. Yeah. And we had some beautiful shots that came out from people. And we had this little mini boat Hmm. of the traveling billboard, which then we sent to people all across the country who, you know, were passionate about travel and photography. Wow. And then they captured a lot of like different, different places. I mean, honestly, after that campaign, I really want to see more of India. Wow, I mean it actually it made you want to explore the country more <laughs> Much more, I mean it, there's so many places, I honestly like I've grown up in this country hmm. But there are so many places in this country that I was not aware of which, you know Like but, people just shot and put up pictures and I'm like, oh man, I want to go and see this place So did you land up or have you managed to see more of India after the campaign? I went to Havamel Oh it, you did? Yeah in Jaipur. It went on my to-do list after the campaign. I just came back from it a couple it's of weeks. It's very beautiful. Like, I've seen it. It's beautiful. And gorgeous. I did it solo also. So ah. that was the fun part of it.
0: <laughs> but Hawa Mahal is beautiful. Jaipur in general is a very pretty
1: city. Also, yes,
0: it is. You know, uh, other places that you have really,
1: really captured or have in your memory. I want to go to Andaman's after the billboard again (laughs) so I've dived in like different parts of the world okay so you have your uh, diving certification no I need somebody to like you know take me to (laughs) the water underwater you You push you in so cannot do it myself absolutely no Hmm. but uh, I love being in the water I think it's like my happy place so you're a beach baby Absolutely. Like, who wants to go to the mountains? Who wants to see the nature when you have the ocean? Okay, that would have been me. But now I do not want to answer
0: <laughs> it because you said who wants to go like so demeaningly. So now I don't think I want to go. To, I'll also go to the beach, I guess. But uh, Andaman, yes, that sounds like a good place so to be. So there's this
1: beautiful place called Johnny's Gorge. hmm So we had the billboard. uh, Actually, we had divers take it in. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had this brilliant photographers Mm -hmm. who went and shot it. It was like hanging above the corals. Wow. And uh, we had a photographer take it. And we had like this beautiful... I mean, you have to look it up. It's a gorgeous video. Just look it up on YouTube as traveling billboard, and you'll find the video. The traveling billboard. Yes. Wow.
0: I, I'm definitely going to have to do that. Yeah. So um, that's one of your favorite campaigns. Yeah. Most memorable ones. Yeah. Anything else comes to your mind? That's um,
1: also an amazing story. Um. So, um. Last IPL, uh, for one of our brands, Royal Challengers Poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually, um, also Diageo owns uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore, uh, the IPL team. Okay. So uh, we wanted to do um, something around cricket, and I think one of the interesting insights was that you know people love cricket. Hmm. India loves cricket. India, cricket's a religion for our country. True, but it's only men's cricket. There is a women's team out there, yes. which is breaking records. If you see Mithali Raj's track, she is one of the most successful cricket captains. Mm-hmm. But people do not feel the same amount of love for women's cricket. They feel for the men's cricket team. True. So the campaign was around saying that what if we did had a mixed gender match. Hmm. And you know, it put both men and women on the same footing. And the idea is that people should love cricket and not just men's cricket. Right. right. So I think um, it was brilliant campaign. Got a great response from a lot of women's cricket. I'm not sure. I'm just asking you.
0: Was this the one with Virat and all of them?
1: Yeah, it was the one where Virat was there. So there was a Harman Preet, Mitali Raj and Veda Krishnamurti. Right. And even though Virat is the cricket captain of the country, mm-hmm. uh, what we had wanted to do was that Virat's role was to be an ally and support and not be the lead. Right. We created the campaign from the women's perspective. Sure. Yeah, that I remember that one. And that was beautifully done. So that was also my campaign, which I'm like, absolutely proud of, because we champion progressive gender portrayal mm-hmm. in marketing, we feel that, you know, if as advertisers, we're spending, you know, and marketeers, hmm. uh, we're spending billions of dollars, Right. we have the right to shape culture. And if we can become more and more progressive, in how, you know, women are shown in our communication, how they are yeah. represented in our communication, then somewhere we are influencing the world and influencing culture. That's so true. That's I second that completely. Um,
0: since you have this, you know, candor about you, and you, you're very unapologetic in your nature, which I can see, Same. I want to ask you a couple of questions, maybe just randomly, but I want you to probably share, um, you know, words of wisdom, But in your unfiltered way Okay Okay. So your words of wisdom to newbies in brand and marketing
1: Do not hesitate to pitch a great idea To anyone Anyone Like if you have to run to your CEO in the lift Uh And say hey you are too old to understand this But this is a damn cool idea Don't hesitate to do it Go and do that Yeah do it
0: Pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah. um Your words of wisdom to single ladies. Words of wisdom to the single <laughs> ladies. Unfiltered. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. That leaves us with a lot of uh, thinking. You know, you better be a little more specific. What are you asking? Enjoy being through?
1: single. Hmm. um I think every moment that you are single, you absolutely can have a brilliant time. Mm-hmm. I think uh, don't. Get pressurized by society in terms of like, oh, my God, it's, you know, like, oh, my God, I don't have a partner. Oh, my God, you know, like my biological clock is ticking. Don't get pressurized for things like that. Right. Enjoy being single Mm -hmm. and wait for the right person to come for you. Because when that person comes, it's worth the wait. And you have no regrets because you've enjoyed yourself. Beautiful. All right. What's your wisdom for the society in general? Words of wisdom for women would be um, expect more out of people, ask for help, mm-hmm. don't apologize. Words of wisdom for men would be be better allies to women, be more, better allies to, you know, your partner mm-hmm. and work towards creating a better world. So important. Words of wisdom to the bosses. Wake up every day to make a positive difference to my life <laughs> that is an important piece of
0: you should make this one an audiogram so that it can go out mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> she can find some change there
1: no kush will have i have a brilliant change. boss i have a boss who's worked with diajo for 20 years so sweet and she used to be in london mm-hmm. and now she's moved for like last two years she's been india and she's mm-hmm. been a brilliant influence for me excellent yeah what have you learned from your boss From Julie, I have learned how to be uh, more demanding, how to Mm -hmm. be, um, how to absolutely be unapologetic about things I need to say Mm -hmm. and uh, how to be more assertive without being aggressive. So important. See, that's a lesson everyone should learn. And how do you manage to do that? For me, honestly, it's been as simple as seeing her in action. Okay. And I'm going to ensure she, she hears this part of the podcast. So
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. And what's your wisdom for employees? Employees for what? I mean, people who work um,
1: with you or subordinates. Keep challenging me, guys. You like the challenge? Yeah. I mean, I love when, you know, people tell me, because we are not required in this meeting because somebody from your team is doing a brilliant job. I mean, it gives me so much joy when I don't have to sit in meetings. And that can only happen when, you know, my team keeps challenging, pushing, you know, getting better and better at what they do. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, you know, push boundaries, challenge everyone, challenge yourself and try and become, you know, one person better every day. Wonderful. And uh, what kind of a leadership would you promote around you? You know how we have the
0: autocratic leaders and the sort of more uh, monarchies and you know things like that transparent and honest leadership so in a way maybe transitional
1: transitional leaders the ones the happy leaders I think transparent leaders I think if people can be just honest with each each other Mm -hmm. what makes them feel good what does not make them good Mm -hmm. and you know have that conversation with each other without you know either apologizing or you know hesitating mm-hmm. i think it will be a brilliant place to work in okay sounds interesting
0: i guess your workplace is exactly like that because you seem extremely happy with your workspace um i love working with the people i work <laughs> with <laughs> that's brilliant uh, so let's come to the last part of our conversation khushbu and although we could keep going on i'd love to know from you what is it that empowers you the most
1: my happiness and uh, how is it spreading happiness or being happy? Both. I think slightly more being happy mm-hmm. because if I'm chasing my own happiness, I'm doing everything that I've talked for the last one hour <laughs> and all those things leads to a certain amount of empowerment. Yes. So honestly, I'm not chasing empowerment. I'm chasing happiness. Right. As
0: soon as you're happy, you are empowered. Yeah.
1: That's how you look at it.
0: Excellent perspective, actually. And on that note, we're coming to the end of this conversation. Kushbu. thank you so much for your time and your insights on everything. And being so unapologetic. All the very best. And uh, I'm going to go and check out the
1: video of the traveling billboard. Brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. Loved having this conversation. Yeah, no? Thanks. Manu. Bye.
0: If you liked this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or IVMPodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram.